everyone, welcome to Dig Deep. I am excited that this week and next week, my amazing, handsome husband, Ben, is going to be on this show with me. And thanks for doing this, babe. Yeah. I appreciate it. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Your podcast debut. Yes. <laughs> He's adorable. Um, I We're going to talk about marriage, but first I have to do a couple of housekeeping things because I feel like this is long overdue. I've been wanting to say this on the podcast for a while. The pod, we've only been, I've only been doing this a month now, which is crazy. It sort of feels like longer, but it sort of feels like just yesterday, but it's been a month. And I just want to say thank you for listening because people are listening and I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me and I've gotten a lot of really cool feedback. So I really appreciate that you take time out of your day to listen. It's awesome. And then also I want to thank those of you who have gone on to iTunes and given the podcast a star rating or written a review. That means a whole lot. That makes it so much more likely that iTunes will put it in front of other people, people who haven't heard it, who might be interested in checking it out. And I just want to put out there that we just added share buttons to the website. You added share buttons. To je- my first time coding ever. Yes, you wrote code, babe. Um, like a boss. Yeah. Um, so if you go real. to jessalston.com to the listen page, right. you can share on Twitter or Pinterest or Facebook any of the episodes from this past month. Yeah. I really appreciate you totally geeking out and learning all that for me because Absolutely. that was... That's my pleasure. That was awesome. So, um, so we're talking so, about marriage. Yeah. So if you know people that you think would benefit from listening to these things, share it. Oh, thanks, babe. There's a lot of people that would benefit from it, so share it. You're so sweet. Yeah. How did I get so lucky? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, we are talking about marriage. We're we're calling this two-part thing restoration marriage, and you'll probably understand a little bit more after we talk through um, a little story of a project that we embarked on together, what, like two years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. But um, I want to start by saying that I, I'm really passionate about marriage. I love leading small groups about marriage. Um, and one of the things that I've done in small groups is on the very first week of small group, I ask everyone to bring a picture from their wedding day to show everybody. And it's real fun, especially for the people who've been married a longer time because you get to see all the like awesome styles that are ridiculous looking. Mm-hmm. And I ask everyone to share two things from their wedding day. One of their favorite moments from their wedding day, but then also share something that went wrong mm-hmm. on their wedding day. And I have been amazed at some of the stories that people have told because like at the very least something goes wrong with the weather or something like that. Like it's super that was the case at our on our wedding day. Mm-hmm. I mean I think what I often share in group is that our church, we really wanted to get married. Our church didn't really like look like a church. You know, it was like big, had lots of chairs. And I wanted like a traditional old church. So we found this beautiful stone old church that wasn't too far away. And they assured us that it had air conditioning. <laughs> and it did technically have air conditioning. There was like an the, air conditioning unit outside the no, building. No, but... it did have air conditioning, but they didn't turn it on. The day of, <laughs> they didn't turn it on until like an hour before the wedding ceremony. And we got married on July 1st, and so... It was it, like a brick oven. It, yeah. we <laughs> All of our guests were like pizzas, and, and we were we just watched our video and saw <laughs> and laughed so much at... There were these high, like, skylight-type windows, and one this one window was following Ricky. My cousin Ricky cousin. was, like, melting. Oh, my goodness. And he was sweating buckets. It must have been... I mean, 
when people talk about our wedding day, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember it was really hot in there. Almost died on your wedding day. It was terrible. So that was one of ours. But people have the most amazing stories of people not showing up, um, random dresses getting ripped. I mean, people falling down, uncles getting into horrible fights, just awkward, awkward things. But I will say that in several of the weddings we've been to, you are sort of like a wedding fairy, like a <laughs> Don't wedding. Don't call me that again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Like a really a manly wedding ninja. A, oh, that's better. A wedding ninja fairy, who, if there's a problem, you swoop in and try to fix it. So we, you've done this kind of a lot. What was the first one? I mean, the, some mm. of them have been kind of big. Like one time, I was a bridesmaid, and we had these earrings that were dangly you know, kind of dramatic earrings. And one of mine fell down the drain and we like tore the drain apart, but that thing was gone. And so you took it to the store hours before the wedding Mm. and found a pretty close match. I was really impressed that, you know, I pretty much matched. And one time there was no flat, the flowers came, but there were no flower girl flowers. And so you somehow, no petals or a basket, I don't think. And so you acquired a basket or maybe, and then, but you definitely went to the store and bought a couple dozen roses and ripped all the petals off and put Mm. them in a basket. That same wedding, there was an usher who didn't show up Mm. Yeah. and his tuxedo showed up. Somebody picked up his tuxedo, (laughs) but the guy himself wasn't there. And so the bride like held up the tuxedo somewhere in the vicinity of you and was like, Ben, want to wear a tuxedo and usher people to their seats? So you filled in as an usher. And I think that guy was probably 6'4". Oh, yeah. You're... <laughs> I am not. It fits you, fit you okay, like on the upper body. But it was definitely long. The pants were, were kind of ridiculous. Oh, the biggest one, though, was at the we- a wedding of, your, of a family member. And mm. it wasn't until they were doing the pictures and I could tell something was wrong. You were in the wedding. And I could tell the bride was upset, but I didn't know why. And you told me that they had just found out. I mean, the reception's like supposed to be starting. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize that the DJ didn't show up. Yeah, and they called the company and there was like a miscommunication or something. And so no DJ. Yeah. And you, with your magic powers, you like created, it was at a museum. And you found weird a weird like PA system and set it up with somebody's somebody had their laptop in their car and a playlist. I don't even know how you did it, but within 45 minutes there was music at this reception because of you, because so, of my husband, the wedding fairy. So I think instead of wedding fairy, I want to be the wedding vanilla ice because what if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Um, <laughs> we can edit We're going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I always ask that question, wow, that's <laughs> One of a kind, babe. The reason I always ask that question is because it sort of levels the playing field because every single, there hasn't been a single person in any of these small groups who doesn't have something about their wedding day that was really precious to them. And of course, I've been in small groups with people who their marriage is in a really, really tough spot by the time they're in this small group, but they can still look back on their wedding day and there's something that was really beautiful and memorable and meaningful to them. And for every single person, there's something that went wrong on their wedding day. Even yeah. if they have to think about it for a while, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot, but there was this thing and that was super weird, super awkward. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just, oh, it rained and everyone's shoes got wet. And I think it's a good, it's a good equalizer because no wedding is perfect mm. and no marriage is perfect. Mm. 
And, but at the same time, there's this perception that of the wedding day being, being perfect and then the happily ever after syndrome that we all suffer from. So, so we're calling this restoration marriage because really this sprung from a metaphor that we stumbled across a couple of years ago because I got it in my head to, that I wanted to restore a trunk, a steamer trunk. Thanks, Pinterest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sort of Pinterest, but also sort of, I mean, I do like ant- antiques. I don't love antique shopping because the antique stores often like will really creep me out, but I like certain things. And I love, of course, the restoration hardware look, but mm-hmm. I even, I like even more the idea that a piece would actually have history to it mm-hmm. and not just look like it has history to it. And so but I also know nothing about restoring anything. <laughs> I know nothing more than the average Pinterest and YouTube person about anything. So I started the hunt for looking for this. And you were on board. Like you like that. Totally. I would say our style is the Who same. like a cool trunk? Yeah. And we thought we'd use it as a coffee table or storage or something. So it took a long time. We found some, but some were really expensive. We found one that was a great deal. And in my estimation, it was on Craigslist. We went and picked it up for like 50 bucks. Was it 50 bucks? Yeah, it was 50 bucks. Okay. And I thought, we're just going to sand this puppy and stain it and <laughs> everyone will ooh and ah at our amazing piece for 50 bucks. Yeah, I mean, sandpaper take, and some stain, that's like, like a dollar. It'll take us a couple hours, like one like date night in. Totally. And so that started a saga of restoring this thing our very first night mm. working on it we were all excited we were i was like rereading my pinterest articles about how to do this and you were like looking up how to buy like replace like leather handles mm-hmm. online and we're both the type we have the same weakness where we don't always read all the ins- you're way better at this no okay i i take it back you're looking um, yeah. <laughs> it's giving me quite the look. okay i'm sorry you're right you're yes you're look says enough don't worry I have a weakness, just me, <laughs> only me, where I tend to like skim directions, recipes included, until I get like the general gist and I want to get going. Like I'm like, I will keep referencing the directions as I go, but I don't want to like read everything thoroughly when I'm also going to reread it as I go. It just seems like a waste of time. And so I'm ready to start tearing into this thing. I want to start sanding it, but there was metal on the bottom and we had to we knew we were going to have to like fix it up because otherwise it, it was, could be hazardous. Mm-hmm. And so we started pulling that off and we didn't even have the like right tools. Tin, right? I don't think we were wearing gloves. It, it we didn't, like gnarly, certainly did not have goggles on tin that was like yeah. just ready to give us tetanus. Yeah. And didn't have gloves. Didn't have gloves. We're doing it like in our living room, like a bunch of dummies. <laughs> we didn't have a garage either. So we started ripping at this thing and we just found problem after problem Mm -hmm. after problem and we started sanding it by hand and realized that there had been some sort of glue on it Mm -hmm. at some point so even though the glue wasn't there anymore it had done something to the wood that made it unsandable it it had like held on like canvas or burlap or something it had glued it to the yeah so at some point so sanding wasn't as much of an option as we thought so we actually bought an electric sander and Mm -hmm. which was broken Mm -hmm. and then we had to take that back to the store so we got to a couple points with this trunk 
we ended up having to rip the bottom off the whole thing entirely entirely because when we ripped that metal off the bottom we found that the wood was pretty rotten Mm -hmm. and had some like mold and mildew issues yeah so I think you got to the place more than I did. Oh, and we're just like dumping money into this thing left and right too because we we bought sandpaper, but then we realized we really need electric sander. So we bought an electric sander and then we bought stain, but it was the wrong kind of stain. We bought more stain. Replacement handles, replacement then wood we had for to, the bottom. Right, we had to buy wood for the bottom and have it cut and, you know, because we don't have any of the tools for this because yeah. we don't do stuff like this. I think we probably spent like an extra 150 to $200 on supplies to refinish it after the initial 50 Yeah. Probably. That's probably pretty accurate. And there were probably some really amazing trunks for 250 on Craigslist. Mm, probably. <laughs> but we wouldn't have this story to tell. Right. So that's invaluable. invaluable. <laughs> so, so the reason we bring that up, and we'll revisit the trunk in a minute, but um, at some point, this trunk became a metaphor for marriage for me. Because I, mm. I've realized that the idea of getting this trunk was a very romantic idea in my mind. Like I thought, oh, we're going to get some really cool piece that has all this history and we're going to refinish it and make it new again. And Mm. I was trying to channel my inner, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines to, Mm. you know, I had this, just this thought that I'm going to fix it up and it's going to be beautiful and take something that was broken down and make it. And when it came down to the nitty gritty of that, it was pretty miserable. And there were so many times where you were ready to throw that thing in the dumpster. I remember at one point it had no bottom. And so it was just sitting open. It was semi sanded, but we had come across more like patches that had glue and like weird fabric things. And the bottom was completely ripped off. And we, we, the house that we'd moved into what they were doing construction nearby and there was a huge construction dumpster you remember and I wanted to throw that you thing wanted to in throw there. that thing in and I kept saying you can't because it represents our marriage now because for me <laughs> I really felt this way I was like we cannot throw it in the dumpster because now it's a metaphor for our marriage because I think that that's it's sort of a, a symptom of our culture of this idea that marriages I'm gonna find someone who's charming and wonderful mm-hmm. and it's gonna be great and has lots of character. Yeah, lots of character. But requires no work or maintenance. And is one of a kind. Like, I'm going to think mm-hmm. my marriage is one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I'm going to have the best marriage mm-hmm. and everyone's going to go, oh, you guys are just perfect. You're soulmates, perfect for each other. And then, then you get married and you realize... Mold. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> are you talking about my mold or your my mold? My mold. Okay, okay. then you're allowed to say that but it's true i mean because there's like you start digging and maybe intentionally maybe not but you start working on stuff together maybe you start building a family or you start building your finances together and stuff comes out you're like i did not know that was back there when i when i chose it and and it's hard and it's interesting there's this there's this verse in the bible in 2 Corinthians 13, it's verse 11, and Paul's closing this letter. And I like this because there's there are some passages in the Bible about how husbands and wives are supposed to relate to each other. There are a few, but I don't feel like there's a lot. I mean, considering how important mm-hmm. I think marriage is to God, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of passages that say, like, husbands do this, wives do this. There's just a few. Right. But there's a lot, a lot of passages about how humans should relate to each other yes. in general. And 
for if you're married or hope to be married someday, like your spouse is like hopefully the most important human in your life, the most important human relationship. Certainly the one that I mean, it's certainly the biggest relationship. It takes up mm-hmm. the biggest amount of your relational energy yeah. is your marriage. And so I kind of feel like any verse in the Bible that talks about how to any two humans should relate to each other, if it's general about humans, can and should be applied to marriage. That we shouldn't just learn from the ones that are about marriage. Anyway, this is one of those because he's just talking to the whole church and he says brothers and sisters, you know, he's talking to everybody. He says, strive for full restoration. Mm. See there, restoration. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Mm. And I, I love that because I think if our perspective could change, because my perspective on marriage has changed, instead of one to like happily ever after of a fixer upper mentality of a mm-hmm. restoration mentality. Cause we're all broken people yeah. who are entering and entering into an incredible relationship together for our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And the God of love and peace will be with us. And just as he's working on us individually to restore us, he wants us to have that power in each other's lives too. Mm. Yeah. So for me with the trunk, I'm glad we stuck with it. Yeah. Because that's the end of the story. We stuck with the thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like what we want, exactly what we wanted it to look like. Oh, but it looks great. It does look good. And, and, and not only is it a beautiful thing to look at in our house, it's functional. It is functional. It holds all of our board games. I was just thinking about that. That when we first got it, we could have chosen to make the outside look pretty and just seal it shut. Mm, it would, yeah. And um, and I think people would have thought it was a nice piece, mm. you know, or whatever. But um, there was a season where we didn't have it open and we were afraid of what was inside of it. We thought there was spiders living well, inside of it. Well, <laughs> yeah. That was just, we had a weird spider infestation and we and ben had this theory that then gave me nightmares <laughs> that they were coming from inside the was trunk like that was locked secret so nest. we didn't open it for long. anyway there were no but, spiders in there but i think we could have got the trunk home sanded the outside stained the outside lacquered it made it look nice and then just let it sit hmm. um but to get the most value out of that uh that thing we had to open it up and get inside and fix the things that were broken inside. Yeah. And with people, there's stuff that you see on the surface and there's stuff that you don't see until you open up the latches and you look inside. And when you get in there, it can be scary and and dangerous. And I think about that gnarly tin that was at the bottom of that trunk when we first opened it. And like, we literally could have gotten really hurt working with that stuff. Yeah. I do not think we were up to date on our tetanus shots. We should talk. And we just weren't very wise about how we went about it. But between that and the the mold spores, there were just a lot of opportunities to be harmed by this process of restoration. Mm, Yeah. It was not just that it was icky and a little uncomfortable and hard work. It was also a little dangerous. Hence the you wanting to throw it in the dumpster. All those things together made me want to throw it in the dumpster. But, and I think in our relationship, 
when you see the things that are like beyond the surface in mm-hmm. my heart, there are things where working with the the broken stuff, the stuff that's broken down on the inside is not just uncomfortable, um, hard work. It's also potentially dangerous mm. because there's sharp, pointy things inside of me mm. <laughs> from the places over life where I've just grown a little jaded and you might go in there in conversation yeah. and all of a sudden yeah. I hurt you with my words because I don't want you to go there. Sure. You know? And we all have those things. Right. It was uncomfortable trying to get through some of those things. One of the mm-hmm. things you helped me with really early on, and we're going to talk about some of these things next week too, and even go a little bit deeper with this, but on a slightly lighter level, you, I remember that one of the first like big fights we had married just a few months in. I mean, it wasn't a huge fight or anything, but kind of a fight and your feelings were hurt. I, <laughs> and I apologized. And I remember what, like an hour later or something, you were, you said, can I tell you something? And I said, sure. And you remember what you told me? Oh no. You said, you're not very good at apologizing. <laughs> And you were trying to be so sweet about it. And I was so <laughs> mad at you. I could not believe Because I had apologized. And i that's a big deal. I mean, for me mm-hmm. to back down and apologize is a big deal. I struggle with that. So I was so proud of myself, patting myself on the back for being sweet and humble and like smoothing things over. Mm-hmm. I didn't receive that particularly well. But over time. I would, uh, yeah. And I wish I could have articulated it better. Sure. I didn't do yeah. a great well, job that's of the articulating thing. It's it sort of stuff. like ripping the tin off with no gloves on. We we didn't mm-hmm. learn how to. We were learning how to handle these jagged mm-hmm. edges yeah. <laughs> that were coming out. But over time, you've taught me a lot about apologizing because I didn't realize I was. Well, I think we've learned a lot together. Well, sure. Because as you like, you made adjustments according to what I was the the either i don't know if it was a concern i was raising or a complaint that i was filing but essentially you know you said sorry but something about the situation still didn't feel like things were resolved and like we were reconciled i did not just say sorry i it was probably but sorry I think I gave, what i meant was yes, or no i, <laughs> I i'm sorry. sure i gave an excuse cuz that was the big a big part of the issue was mm. i Always, I didn't think of it as giving excuses when I was apologizing. Or continuing the argument. Oh. <laughs> I mean... The- yes, 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 yes. Fair. It's fair. But yeah, I, I struggle with... I, I want to give you the context because I think it will help you understand. I don't want you to feel like I would have just said that because I really think that. I wanted you to know that I had a bad day at work or that there were these other factors. You took that to mean that I was trying to excuse my behavior. Mm. Or maybe even blame you for sort of where we're at. Like blaming me in for the my argument. reaction. It's like, well, if Something, you just knew yeah. my side of it, you wouldn't have even had that right. reaction. Which I wasn't intending to do. But, but then once I learned, okay, there's really no need for me to share that context. I am really, I'm doing it in part to give you context, but mostly just because I, I do want not to make an excuse. Mm-hmm. I was bad at apologizing. And I've, and I've gotten a lot better at that. And that's one of the things that was messy in the beginning and... We didn't necessarily go about it super well, but we stuck with it. And that's an area of our marriage where I don't feel like it's perfect. And one, one cool thing about that is, so we've not just learned about how apologizing with each other um, makes our marriage stronger. I think 
we've both learned more about how we can relate to other people well yeah and sure. how to reconcile with people yeah because when we i mean i feel like marriage is yeah. sort of like the laboratory for all human relationships right and when you learn about how to relate to people better in your marriage you can just relate to people better generally right and so you we, you know we learned together that it's not just about saying sorry it's it's about acknowledging the other person's perspective feeling a little bit of what they're feeling you know and apologizing for hey the, you know i must have made you feel this way right. or I, I think this is what you experienced i'm so sorry this is how i really feel yeah counteracting it the contrasting statement and then requesting forgiveness i mean like, all those things are really it requires work you know emotionally and uh you know intellectually and then it requires vulnerability and humility and when we take those to friendships those things can be really valuable mm -hmm. yeah for sure and i love that you know i i do feel like there's a shift happening in i mean especially in we we got the privilege we had the privilege of going to a beautiful wedding of two young friends that seem so young to me mm. now just now babies. That we, babies we, we babes getting married <laughs> um they're so sweet and i their vows yesterday mm. katie and steven weren't their vows so good they're beautiful beautiful vows they wrote their own vows and there was just this they were not wee babes in their vows no they were no grown mature yes. beautiful people absolutely and they i love that there was this in both of them you could hear this theme of that pre-decision to mm. i know that there are going to be hard things i know that you are going to hurt me but I am going to commit myself to showing you grace mm. and loving you anyway, because love is not a feeling. It's a choice. I think Katie said in her vows, like love yeah. is not just a feeling. It's a decision that I'm making today and I'm going to make every day. And that's hard. And it's not it, it, her saying that doesn't magically mean that their marriage will be any easier than anybody else's marriage. But they, the fact that they're stepping out on that foot is they're already way ahead. Then, yeah. then, uh, you know, it, that, then starting out on the foot of happily ever after or the under, other end of the spectrum, which I feel like is common in our culture that, you know, you always have that drunk uncle at the wedding who like nudges you and is like, it's all downhill from here. Mm. You know, that perspective, that sort of cynical perspective on marriage that you're just going to be, like you're going to be miserable because everybody's miserable. And that this something. is the best it's ever going to get. Yeah, this is right the best. Exactly. And it's downhill. And that's so not true either. I mean, yeah. we've been married 10 and a half years mm -hmm. and our marriage, I think, is the best it's ever been. Yeah. And but there's been a lot along the way. And that trunk, I mean, I think a picture of it's going to be in the graphic this mm -hmm. week. And so people can actually go look at it. It's we think it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it's still pretty gnarly looking. I mean, sure. it's got some holes in the front of it and cracks in the top of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks pretty restored, but I mean, it's got its character. It's got its character. It's, it's got its cracks, just mm -hmm. like we do, just like our marriage does. Mm -hmm. But it is something that became beautiful mm -hmm. and that didn't end up in the dumpster, which I appreciate. Yeah. And I think, you know, just the fact that we had to rip out the whole bottom of that trunk. Yeah. Um, what is that in our marriage? What is that part? Um, Do we have a, does the metaphor line up with something in our marriage? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I mean. We'll think about well, it. Maybe I mean, next week we'll talk about it. I think the, we've, you know, we've gone to counseling as a yes. couple for years now. Counseling. And the, as we've been in counseling, we've found things that are at our foundation that shape 
the way that we relate with each other that we've had to acknowledge and address. And um, Counseling is like going to a master carpenter, furniture restorer, mm. instead of trying to read something on Pinterest. Mm. You know, I feel like yeah. in marriage, there's this stigma about counseling that you go there when you're like on the brink right. of it ending. And yeah. it shouldn't be that way. I mean, you're, the end product... If we had gone to a master class on trunk restoration before we started the product, before we started the project, the, the product would be totally different yeah. instead of waiting until you're yeah, on the I, brink of throwing something away. I think it would probably be prettier in certain ways, but I still think we would have had to replace the bottom. Yeah. Well, we definitely would have, but we would have done it better. And who knows we if would we would have, have chosen a different word or what? Would, I mean, I, you know, the metaphor, of course, breaks down at some point. It always breaks down. But I think that's no, good think... that you bring that up because that's... Well, the thing is, the reason that the trunk is functional is because we replaced something at the foundation. Mm. It's our game chest now, and it can hold stuff. It can bear weight. Right. It, it serves a function now. It has a capacity to serve that it didn't have before. Because if we had put stuff in there before, it would have just broke. It would Because the wood was rotten, and it probably would have ruined the stuff that we put inside of it. Anyway, I love Absolutely. a good metaphor. No, I do too, for sure. And, you know, going back to our verse... It gives us a couple like instructions of things to do. And the first one is to encourage one another. Mm. And that's just a practical thing that's hard to remember to do when you're married because mm. you're so used to the good and the bad. And so the, the things that get your attention are the bad mm-hmm. and especially like the abnormally bad. Like you're used to like the normal little things and maybe you talk about them, but... Um, it's so easy to focus on those things instead of focusing on the good things. And Mm -hmm. you start taking those things totally for granted pretty easily Mm -hmm. instead of saying, Hey, thanks for doing that. Or you did a great job doing that, which we've had to work on for sure. But I think that's a good, that's just a good easy step. I mean, that'd be a good try it today Mm -hmm. is encourage your spouse. If Mm -hmm. you're married, encourage your spouse. If you're not married yet, encourage somebody else. Yeah. For practice. Our pastor taught once that what is rewarded is repeated. Mm, yeah. And, you know, we often will pick at each other, but when we encourage each other, we're rewarding what we want to be repeated. I've actually used this on you for years. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I've trained you to do a lot of things really well. <laughs> I, <laughs> because I know what kind of rewards you <laughs> work really well. And I, I mean, one, one behavior that I have, um, cultivated in you through training, through this reward training, that mm-hmm. sounds too weird to say, is your kitchen cleaning up abilities. Cause we mm-hmm. sort of have the, if you cook, the other person cleans up mm-hmm. rule, which is totally different now that there's kids in the picture mm-hmm. and it's just crazy and it's bath time and everybody, you know, it's just craziness. But you would be done with the kitchen or so I thought. Well, sure. <laughs> and I would go down there and there would be, you know, pots. You would leave pots soaking in the sink like till the next morning mm-hmm. because you're thinking they need to soak definitely for at least 12 hours. <laughs> or at least until they're not in the sink anymore. Exactly. And then they'll magically go away the, the next morning. Exactly. And you also didn't, you wouldn't wipe down counters or sweep floors. In your mm-hmm. mind, those were totally separate concepts yeah, and separate chores not part of means. cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> but now you do i feel like now you you really 
and that and it's as simple as saying instead of saying man you missed all these things i asked you to do this and you missed all these check boxes you did all these things really well do you think it'd be possible next time to also wipe down the counters mm. and then when you do wipe down the counters acknowledging it and saying thanks for doing that i really appreciate it the kitchen looks great yeah and that's as simple as it. I mean, you can throw in extra spicy rewards too, and that yeah. always that always helps. Yeah, like way to go in the kitchen, and now let's make out. Is like okay, way yes. better than just exactly. Yeah. So that's a good one. Encourage one another, <laughs> and make out. Um, sorry, and make out. Yeah, if you're married. Restoration marriage. Right. Um, be of one mind. Is that mm. possible in marriage? Hmm. So I think that this doesn't necessarily mean agree on everything, but I think it means. Something different. I'm, I, before I say what I think it means, what do you think it means? Sort of putting you on the spot a little bit. I mean, to talk through something until you're, you have common ground. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, at least until you can see each other's perspectives. Yeah. You know, and I think through the process, you'll probably, hopefully, um, can you know, affirm certain things about your, you know, two perspectives and maybe lose some things. Yeah. One thing that you have developed that you say a lot in our marriage when we're starting to head down a bad road is you'll just look at me and either put your hand on my hand or put your hand on my shoulder and say, same team. Hmm. And sometimes it annoys me, but sometimes because I <laughs> want to fight with you, but other times it's good because I think we're not we're not even fighting about the issue anymore, but we are right. fighting about the way that we're approaching the issue. So there's this other thing, this other stressor in our lives, and we end up having a fight. And really, if we were to talk it out, we'd agree on most of the, mm-hmm. we'd agree on most things, but we're just focusing on the ways that we don't agree on how to approach the issue or next steps to take. And then that can blow up into a whole argument. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think. Um, finding common ground and pursuing relationships with Christ individually, I think brings you, helps you see that common ground so much easier and praying together, which um, is, there have been literally times where you, where we have either been facing a stressor or maybe even fighting. And toward the end when you'll, one of us will say, should we pray? And I don't, I don't know if it's true for you, but there's part of me that's like, Ugh, yes, we should. Mm. But then once we're a few sentences into the prayer, it's I'm reminded this is what gets us on the same page is praying yeah. together. I mean, I feel like Because like you, you can't you can't keep those fronts up in front of God. Right. If you walk I mean like you can't the things that you would say to your spouse, you wouldn't say to your spouse in front of God, hopefully. I mean you are in front of God, but if you really are truly approaching him in prayer, it changes your perspective on things. Yeah. And knowing that there's an amen coming at the end of the prayer and that amen means I agree. <laughs> like yeah. I, I find myself in the midst of prayer sort of trying to navigate toward common ground. Yeah. Or just feeling like maybe God is leading me toward that, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you can't keep your fronts up right. with him. And the last thing it says is live in peace. Mm. And I think that's... Marriage at its best is peaceful. Mm-hmm. It should be a peaceful place. And for and it's so often not, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way. But it should be a place where we can rest and we can truly let our guard down and be... I mean, I think ideally, 
we've talked about this before, that your spouse is uniquely positioned to smooth your rough edges Mm -hmm. because they're going to see your rough edges more than anyone else. And they love you. Mm. Whereas other people who are going to see those rough edges don't have a natural affection and love for you. Your spouse hopefully did at some point, which Mm. is probably what led you to being married. Mm -hmm. And if you cultivate that and continue that process, then your spouse is uniquely positioned and so if you're listening and thinking about your spouse and maybe some of the rough edges that they have or or even rough edges that you have that you don't like it that they want to talk through with you I would say capitalize on that opportunity to help your spouse smooth those things over mm-hmm. and also to be open to letting your spouse help you do that because I'm so grateful for some of the rough edges that you've smoothed down over our marriage yeah. the last 10 and years beyond beyond those feelings of love like the i mean what you know paul teaches about love in first corinthians 13 you know one of the you know things he says is that it it perseveres yeah and, you know he says it always hopes um and that it never fails yeah. you know I, I think we i didn't want to persevere with that project of the trunk um and there's times i'm i'm sure where you're a little exhausted with me. <laughs> no. You know, but you persevere. And yeah. and that's you you have a certain amount of feeling of love for me, but you you demonstrate your love when you, by persevering, you mm. know. It's good. It's true. And it's worth it and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Marriage is good. Marriage can be fun. Mhm. Yeah. But it is work. Absolutely. And that's a, a healthy perspective change. Well, thanks, babe, for doing this with me. This is fun. We're going to pick up again next week, and we're going to talk more about what it means to strive for full restoration in your marriage Mm -hmm. and go a little bit deeper on this same topic. And just as a reminder, we said this earlier, but I think a great try it today for this episode is the beginning of our verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. It's so simple. Encourage one another. And when I think Mm -hmm. about the trunk, there were so many moments where I was so focused on the mold Mm. and the ripped metal and the problems that I was tempted to throw the whole thing away. And now when I step back and look at it restored, it seems like that would have been such a waste Mm. of something so beautiful. And so try to focus on the beautiful things. Try not to focus every marriage. there are things about the trunk that are naturally beautiful and we just had to draw that out. Exactly. And so focus on those things. And so wherever you're at in your marriage, whether your marriage is in a great place or you are really struggling in your marriage right now, Try to find something that you really appreciate about your spouse and encourage them in a really genuine way today. Mm-hmm. And that's be your specific. try today. Yeah, and be specific. Specific you- is always good. It'll grow them in a really good, healthy way. So that's good. And next week, we're going to continue this. And babe, we're going to tell the cockroach story, mm. which I don't think anybody's ever heard your side of the cockroach story. <laughs> the the true version. No. <laughs> no. The, <laughs> the other side of the truth. It's on the other side. No, you're just, I'm sure you'll have interesting input. Sure. And it'll be fun. So join us next week for the rest of Restoration Marriage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for rating and reviewing the podcast. That means so much to me. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Bye.